0: Good afternoon and welcome to the show Simply Real Estate our uh, this is our season end of season show that we're having a couple of questions I'm going to ask you today I want to find out uh, a few things first and foremost what do you think of 2018 was it a good real estate market and what about 2019 where are we going but one of the more important questions i think that i want to ask because you know every year we try to analyze are realtors worth their commission and when the market was absolutely screaming along back in 2017 2016 i had a lot of people you know would call in and say hey todd you know why are realtors still charging so much for commissions when they really don't have to do anything well you know what? Full stop breaks get hit in the market and now it takes a little bit more work. You know, people are back to work now and when they're trying to sell a house. So the question is, is do you believe realtors are now worth their commission or how much commission should you be paying a realtor? And, uh, there's been a lot of new things popping up lately as far as, you know, what people can do in the marketplace. So 416-872-1010. You can text me here at 710-10 and, uh, yeah, I definitely want to hear from, you uh this hour um lots going on though uh, some latest stats that are coming out uh just recently this week they're saying that the average cost of a one-bedroom rental in toronto hits 2260 $2,260 $2,260 per month so the rental market is doing exceptionally well unless of course you are a tenant and so we're keeping our our eyes on the market and uh, one of the things that of course toronto has is a inventory problem you know i talk about it all the time here on the show and uh, we seem to be uh, we seem to be struggling with inventory and the government really has not found a, a decent way to get around one of the things that also um, I think uh, I want to make sure everybody knows is that uh, we've got a seminar coming up with the uh, with the simple investor coming up on January the eighteenth and uh that's going to be the first one of the year for 2019 and you can find out who makes the best tenant and uh you know i don't know if everybody realizes uh you know who does or for that matter what it takes to find a good tenant it's uh, it's been a real struggle for some people that have been investing in real estate one of the other things that we need to talk about of course is what happened with a condominium when they were thinking of uh, turning around and putting in a security camera. You know, were they allowed to do it? Could they just do it automatically? So a condo board can install security cameras at its own discretion without the owner's approval. That's right. You can have your uh, your condominium uh, board turn around. They will put in cameras without you having to go to a meeting and voting on it. So this is one of those things that I think people have to be made aware of when having condominiums. There's certain things that a condominium board can do um, and uh, you know what? It's it's kind of an interesting point. So um, I'm going to go to David, talking about agents commission, and uh, David, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Do they sometimes overcharge, or are they worth every penny they get?
1: Let me give you a perfect example. They overcharge sometimes. I put up a house for sale. I did all the work myself. I did all the staging and everything myself. And as soon as he put the sign up, my house was sold. He didn't do a virtual tour nothing, and it was also sold and uh, the what, that almost 30,000.
0: Okay, so David, I have I have a question for you. Do you do you live in the GTA area? Are you are you local?
1: Yeah, mm, I live in the GTA area.
0: Yeah. Okay. And your house it, it did it sell within a day, 6 days, a week? A day. A day. All righty. And was that recently? Ah, uh, well, 2 years ago. Two years ago. Oh, okay. So what do you think about today? Do you think it would sell in a day today, or do you think that maybe it would take a little bit longer?
1: No, like probably not because so much i have changed.
0: Okay. So if, if your agent had to list a property today, do you think they have to work a little bit harder, spend a little bit more money on it?
1: Honestly, I don't think so because with social media, so much things happening now, you know,
0: Okay. Well, listen, David, thanks for your call. Really appreciate it. And um, you know what? Good luck next time when you hire an agent. Hopefully they'll do a little bit more for you. So, um, so folks, you know, that's uh, that's a kind of a common thread, though, when we talk about uh, realtors and selling properties. You know, one of the things that a lot of people need to focus on, of course, is the fact that, you know, is your house ready to sell? Do you have to do anything to it? you know, how much are you trying to get? Are you, you know, are are you going in low to maybe get multiple offers? This was one of the things. And when David mentioned, you know, it was two years ago, I agree that market was about as hot as we've seen it. And quite frankly, it was a lot easier to sell properties. But the question is today, are realtors worth their commission today? I'm not talking about two years ago. So you can text me here at 71010. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this that perhaps, you know, our Realtors going to have to work a little bit harder right now to be able to get properties sold. You know, it was interesting because one of the things that I always like to do is I follow all of the the different boards throughout the GTA market and we take a look at some of the advertising. And for a little while there, it seemed like Realtors stopped advertising. You know, their houses weren't listed in the local newspapers. We didn't see quite the aggressive uh, number of open houses even. And when the market started to fall apart a year ago, you know, we started seeing a lot more effort being put in. And I was, uh, I was mentioning to my wife, I said, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody's doing any. Uh, any kind of open houses, you know, houses go up, they they sell right away. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, uh, within about a month, we started seeing every single corner had an open house sign on it. So does that make sense? Is that one of the things that, you know, people start realizing that when a market slows down, people are going to do more and more open houses. So love to hear from you uh, this hour, you know, any questions about real estate. But the one I always want to, you know, have an answer to is I want everybody's perspective on realtors in the marketplace. Uh, I'm going to go to another caller. It's Steve from Toronto, and Steve, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the show, Hi. Steve.
2: How are you doing? Great. I listen to your show as much as I can, and I just turned it on. and You wanted to know whether realtors are worth what they get
0: paid. Yeah, I do, actually. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I believe, you know, uh, professional realtors out there, when they're hustling, that's great. But the question is, are they, are they worth their full commission? Because a lot of people, a couple of years ago, if you remember, Steve, were saying that they were not.
2: Well, I don't know what you mean by full commission, like 3% or whatever it is. Right. I know it's negotiable, but how much has housing prices gone up in the last 10 years?
0: Well, you and I both know that's a big number.
2: Okay. <laughs> and how much has their commission... Their commission has stayed the same. So basically, they are making a lot more money right. due to the pricing of house. So why didn't their commission go down or, or, you know, house price go up? Why doesn't their commission go down accordingly? You know, they can do basically, I'm not nothing, but not much and make 3% on, a, you know, a million dollar house. That's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, it sure is. So, Steve, would it, be, would it be smarter for realtors to have a flat rate as opposed to a percentage of the sale of the property?
2: It uh, could be a flat rate or, yeah, you know, a flat rate would be not a bad idea or reduce their commission accordingly. Like, you know, when you're buying a house, like, as you know, a million dollars is average house these days. And how much is, um, you know, a realtor making? A lot of money. That's sure. more than, like, you know, people make that in a half a year, a year.
0: Yep, of course. You know,
2: I, I know, don't get me wrong, they do their work. But, you know, like the guy just was on before. And one day they sold their house. And, you know, it's happened. I think their commission is way out of whack with the pricing of the housing, the way it has gone up. Their commission should have gone accordingly down when prices have gone up to make, uh, you know, a fair share for the for the buyer and the seller.
0: Yeah, that's, well, you know what, that's a fair comment, Steve. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. I, I appreciate the comments. So um you know it's interesting folks uh when we talk about uh when we talk about commissions again everybody's got their take on it um you know if there's any realtors that want to weigh in on this 416-872-1010 love to hear from you um and um you know one of the things that we've got to do is we got to make sure that uh everybody gets their uh say um i'm going to quickly go to stanley from markham and uh stanley welcome to the show
3: yeah i thank you for having me on the show no problem Well, you know what? Let's put it this way. Most houses today in Toronto, when the market's good, they sell themselves. They don't really need a real estate dog. They sell the house. Uh, The lawyer does most of the paperwork. If you have an issue during the transaction, it's the lawyer who takes care of it. Real estate, I've been through it, and they usually wash their hands, and they say they can't do nothing. Now, to get to my point is if I have a house and and I upgrade it so I can make a couple more bucks on it, why is the real estate agent benefiting this commission should be based on the tax assessment, which is way less than the market value of the house.
0: Okay. Well, you know that's an interesting take, Stanley. And uh, thanks so much for your for your comment on that. You know, it is it is interesting, but might be a little bit tough because with tax assessments up and down, um, you know, I think almost the flat rate might have been a better suggestion. But uh, thanks so much for that phone call, Dylene, Welcome to the show.
4: Hi. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. I just want to make a comment with the recent callers I've been in about just commissions and how they believe they don't work for it. My mother was a um, commissioned real estate agent for 25 years, and I saw all the weekends that she missed committed to her her clients, the late nights that she would work committed to her clients, because she's working, she was, working around schedules for her clients. They have the most oddball hours, and it's either you are um, sink or swim kind of scenario. They work very, very hard for that 6%.
0: Yeah. And, the good ones do. Yeah. And so, uh, Darlene, what, one of the things I think we should also clarify to our listeners when you, when you mentioned 6%, technically, you know, if you're handling just one side of the transaction, you've got to cut that in half. Yes. So we're back down to yes. three. So three and
3: three. Yeah. Yes.
0: And then on top of that, um, you know, they've got their brokers that they have to they've pay. Got their there's, dues, yeah.
3: there's fees that they have to pay. Sometimes they have to pay for advertising.
4: All kinds of things come out of that,
0: right? No, and no. It's not
4: a, It's not going to guarantee that it's going to sell, and that you're going to get a commission out of it. Yeah. Many times these will, will expire and come off the market, and you spend all that time and energy for nothing.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point. So thank you so much for your call. I really appreciate it. We have to look at the you know both sides of the coin here. There are people that you know they hop into the real estate business and they quickly get their real estate license, try to make money very quickly. But then again, there's the people that have been established as a career and they've been doing it for years and years and they invest in their business. So the real question is, is do you hire a realtor that is a full-time professional? Does it every single day, every single day of the week? Or do you go with your friend because, well, they're your friend and you want to give them the money? So again, there's a lot of interpretation when we start talking about realtors. want to hear your comments this hour. If you have any other real estate uh, questions, I'm happy to answer them. When we come back, we'll have more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You know, one of the things that I'm, uh, I've got uh, the phone lines open and my producers are just waiting for your phone calls. My producer, actually, um, my wife, uh, reminded me that actually our seminar is January 17th, not 18th, uh, coming up. So if you mark that in your calendar, make sure you get that. Um, So I'm going to go back to the phone lines. Brian in Woodbridge, who's been waiting. Brian, welcome to the show.
5: Oh, thank you, Todd. I appreciate uh, the chance to jump in. Um, I've been practicing real estate full-time since 2004, started off Royal LePage, went to Century 21, last four and a half years been working for a downtown boutique brokerage called PSR, and I am full service, and I charge full service commissions, and my clients are happy to pay it because I handle every aspect of the whole um, process from beginning to end. And you can always find discount brokerages. You know, they're out there you know certainly so there's a selection you can order a la carte you can order full service the customer the client makes the decision in the end yep. and that's their decision to make
0: no that's a that's a great uh, a great comment brian and uh, one of the things i'm going to ask you is that you know of course with markets shifting you're finding that you know if, a, if a property stays on the market a little bit longer most people are probably more inclined to go to a not quite a the, the lower price version of it but definitely get the full you know the full effect marketing everything else is there anything you can recommend people in this marketplace right now should be doing if they want to sell a house
5: hundred uh, um, percent there's marketing plans that are upfront that your listing agent interview two or three agents and make sure that you know they explain everything that they're going to do for you but not just for the first two three weeks for the first you know 90 days because it may take that long you know right now to sell a house yep so you, you have to have a, a plan not just for the upfront but for the entire term of the contract.
0: yeah perfect Listen Brian, a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. So folks, you know, Brian makes a good comment. you know, if your house doesn't sell within the first couple of days, what's the realtor going to do after afterwards? Do they have a plan in place? And this is why I always encourage people here on the show go with a full-time professional. Next, I'm going to go to Renee uh, who's been waiting quite patiently. Welcome to the show, Renee. Yeah,
3: thanks for having me. Okay, so um I have spoken to many, many realtors over the years, you know buying and selling houses and buying industrial properties and things like that. So there's different ways of looking at it. In a good market, like two years ago, if the agent priced the house right, the house would sell pretty well right away. There would be multiple offers. And the good thing about it would be that not only did it tend to get a little bit higher price, but there were no conditions attached to the offer. So it was great for the seller. Not so good for the buyer, but it was great for, for the seller. So another thing is, like, realtors, if they're not good or if they're a little bit unscrupulous, you know, the fines are like $10,000, dollars 20000 If they do any kind of false advertising or if they mislead a vendor or a buyer in any way, there's, the, there's this board, I think it's called the Real Estate Council of Ontario.
0: Yep, Rico, yep.
3: The, the fines are massive. They're, they're not $300 like a, like a stop sign or a speeding ticket. They're minimum five to ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and they're very, very effective. Uh, the other thing is, you know, like someone mentioned earlier on the show, there's I think there's a four hundred and fifty dollar insurance fee they have to pay. There's a twelve hundred dollar licensing fee, which is higher if someone's a broker. And a broker and a salesman really means absolutely nothing. A broker, all it means is that he has the potential of opening up his own license one day, his own firm. Whereas a salesperson does exactly the same thing as a broker, and in my opinion, I see a lot of salespeople that make a lot more money than brokers because they're only focused on selling. Hmm.
6: Um,
3: another thing is, if you know you're talking about advice, uh, I mean, I would if someone was to take a listing today, they they tend to take anywhere from 60 to 90 days to sell, or at least a month anyway. The, the, the the one night sales are gone now, unless you're maybe in Forest Hill or, or you're in a place where people are dying to get to. Um, I would definitely get a get an agent to explain his game plan, his selling plan, and see if he's got any discounts. If he doesn't sell the house within thirty days, and he could discount his commission a little bit. Yep. Or or he could um, you know show you that he might be willing to do a little bit of advertising because a lot sure. of them don't want to do that, especially if they don't think the house is priced right.
0: Thank you so much for your comments. I greatly appreciate them. David from Mississauga, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? Good, thanks.
1: Good. Uh, th- thank you for uh, for um, hosting this. Uh, I'm uh, not a real estate agent, but uh, I've uh, worked with uh, real estate agents on, and, and sold seven or eight houses over the last ten or uh, seven, uh, seven to 10 years. And um, I actually, I'm actually calling on uh, to, uh, on behalf of them because I actually think, especially the full-time ones, work extremely, extremely hard. And I know there's been discussion about um, you know this six percent, but you made a point that really that's only half because it's split between buyer, seller, and agent. But uh, many times it uh, can be anywhere from four, um, and I think the average is mostly about five. And it depends on the, when when the when the sales were going. Skyrocket a number of years ago, the agents that I use, um, she was actually very flexible, said, if you know, if I'm in on the buy and sell, then I'm not going to be greedy on it. I'm going to reduce uh, commission by a percent or a percentage and a half. So I think most agents are very, very flexible when it comes to that. Plus often they will incorporate things like staging and they're working 24 hours a day even um, one of the deals that I had to do went back and forth and I, it's not just a lawyer the lawyer's got the very last and the uh, easiest part of it it's the signing back and forth and this agent while she was on holidays over in, uh, um, overseas actually was doing the work uh, back and forth so they're always on call there's more than just broker fees there's constant advertising costs and things like that so I'm uh, 100% in favor of uh, an agent, um, especially a full-time agent.
0: Yeah, you know, David, um, I, I I agree with a lot of your comments there because, you know, a lot of people have to realize that you know agents do if they're if they're the full-time people that are doing it. You know, it's not that this is kind of like a spare career for them, but the people that are actually, you know, working 24/7. And you know, truth be told, that is what is necessary if you're going to be a very very successful agent in any marketplace. You know, we're finding that the GTA percentages, as you mentioned, a little bit more flexibility to some of them. Some of the outer markets are, you know, still, they could be 5 or 6%, but you're going to find a lot of the GTA, you know, brokerages are looking between 4 and 5 So, you know, all great comments, and, you know, one, one comment I can say for yourself and for your agent, obviously, you've, you've been very happy with your agent because you wouldn't come on the show, obviously, and, and tell, tell everybody how great they were. So that's, that's great, and thanks so much for your phone call.
1: Well, thank you very much. And, uh, and again, I really appreciate it. And, and uh, for those who are looking at, you know, listing or buying a house, I think when you look at, you know, the 2% or 2.5%, believe me, that's not what they get. It ends up being a lot less once uh, all the expenses and advertising uh, are involved. And, you know, the agent that I use, Margie McNeil, out in Mississauga is just phenomenal. And um, I I just believe uh, truly in a full-time agent.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, David. When we come back from the break, we're going to take more of your calls, and we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So just before the break, we had the phone lines open, and what the heck, why don't we just keep them open for the rest of the hour? It's a free-for-all weekend, and any questions that you have regarding um, real estate, I'm happy to answer. I'm going to go to my next caller, Randeep, uh, from Toronto. And Randeep, what do you think? Do real estate agents earn their commissions, or are they overpaid?
3: Hi, first-time caller, long-time listener. I love your show. Thank you. I um, was interested in a couple of things. So, one, the prices of houses have increased quite a bit, and I, I presume that, you know, the, the income that real estate agents are bringing in increased sort of, um, you know, with, with those increase in prices. You know, how, how do we adjust real estate fees or commissions based on the fact that the prices of houses have gone up 30 or 40%, especially since a lot of these fees were established uh, decades ago and they've remained the same, And the second thing that I wanted to ask you about was a fixed sort of payment fee um, that other countries uh, seem to use. I could be wrong, but I believe England uses like a fixed sort of cost to to sell a house. So whether your house is a million dollars or two million dollars, it's the same price
0: yeah and and it's true, um just so you know Randy there is uh, there is fixed pricing for uh, real estate fees. It can be done. There are other countries that practice it down in the u s there's a few states that actually do it. They set a fee instead of you know the fluctuation. A lot of times when they set the fee though, just so you know, you basically have to sign on until the property's sold. where here in Ontario, when you sign a listing agreement, there's a term of it, and of course it can be 60 days, 90 days, and then other than a holdover clause, you you don't have to pay the the agent even if they've done all their work so um, great comments and um, you know one of the things I will say though is that when we talk about house prices and them going up you know there are expenses that have gone up but it's a great point you know do realtors deserve the same percentage that they used to charge, you know, 10 years ago when prices were a lot lower. So thanks so much for your phone call today. I like questions like that or comments like that because one of the things that I think we have to establish is most realtors are flexible with commissions and it's not just you negotiating with them, it's actually them negotiating with you. And when you see value, if they've done the job, you know, you can actually put a parameter on things and say, listen, if I get this price, then fine, I'll pay you this commission. But if I don't get my price, what flexibility are you going to give? So is there a give and, give and take on each side of the of the coin? I'm going to go to a quick call with William from Toronto. And uh, welcome to the show, William. Hi.
2: Uh, I'd like to know how the new uh, rules uh, affect uh, equity loans on a property. and going for refinancing, but I don't think I'm going to qualify. And the only reason I, I got the mortgage in the first place was, was because it put a huge down payment and I've got about 150% equity in this property.
0: Right, okay. So if, if we're talking about the new rules and regulations, which is the stress test that was implemented, um, William, are you, are you gonna stay with the current lender that you've got?
2: I'd like to, but I don't know if I'm going to qualify with
0: them. Okay, so just so you know, and just for clarity for our listeners' sake, if if you all you're doing is a renewal, you automatically qualify. So in, if you don't move lenders, meaning if you take your existing mortgage, when it comes time for renewal and they say, would you like to renew the mortgage, you actually don't have to re-qualify at that time.
2: Okay, well, one thing here. Uh, this is uh, an estate that was uh, left to me fifty percent, fifty percent to my sister, right? And that seems to be the problem. Does that the renewal still apply?
0: Um, it it typically does accept, and if if the financing was done while it was an estate with you and your names were in it, so oh, no, it was done. Uh, when? Right. Okay. So for the person that's passed on, so yes. Yeah, so this does change things. Okay. You will have to turn around and qualify qualify. qualify now. Um, And, you know, again, one of the things is if you've got enough equity in the property, they may consider it to be an equity loan or an equity mortgage. So if there's strong equity in the property, it might be easier. But when we talk about qualification, you know, and and again, if it's just you renewing, um, they won't let it, they probably won't let you do it because it's an estate at this time.
2: Okay, so so what are the regulations uh, then for for uh, for an equity uh, equity mortgage on, on a property?
0: So what they'll do, of course, you and it'll be up to you and your sister because now if you're the owners of the property, you both yeah. will have to be on on the mortgage itself. So you both have to come in on it. They'll take a look at the amount that you want to refinance on it. And they'll have to establish, does your GDS and TDS ratios work? So one of the things I would advise you to do, definitely talk to the existing loan officer on this one. So at the bank, have a conversation with them because they're going to be able to help you out with this. And it'll give it a little little better uh, parameter on what you've got to deal with. So thanks so much for your call, William. Greatly appreciate it. I'm going to go to one of my callers, uh, Tammy in Toronto, and she has a question regarding being a landlord. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi, hi. I'm really enjoying your program. I've been listening, listening to it for the past hour, but I haven't had a chance to hear anything about renters. Okay. And I'm a landlord, and I have a property where um, the renter is not abiding by the rules of the condo. Okay. Um, although they are paying me well, and they're paying on time, but they are constantly doing things that are against the rules of the condo is there a way oh and before i continue i also have a yearly lease with them and the lease will end uh by the end of april
0: okay so a couple of things tammy i would
4: like uh before i would like to know how i can get rid of these people because i really want to end the lease as well
0: okay so it doesn't quite work that way um what do you know can you tell me what kind of rules they are breaking
4: we rented it out to only two people Okay. And they have decided that they, they wanted to add a few more people to the apartment. okay And uh, that's not yeah. a con-
0: that's not a condo rule though.
4: So, yes, it, yes, it is, because the condo knows exactly how many people are living in each unit.
0: Okay, but the, does the condominium in their bylaws restrict the actual number of people living in a unit? Because I can tell you most condominiums would not get away with that one.
4: Okay, then, I'm, then, then, I, then I guess I'm, I'm lost.
0: <laughs> well, so let, let, let me help you but out with something, else. What,
4: what about the fact that my lease with them ends at the end of April?
0: Okay, so technically, the, if, if you've got a piece of paper that says you've got it rented out to them for, for one year, it doesn't automatically end at that point. So what happens is it rolls over to what they call a month-to-month. And so the only way that you can have a tenant leave is if A, you decide to move into it, or B, you decide to sell it and the new buyer decides to move into it. You can't just randomly kick a tenant out at the end of a lease unless they are doing something... Uh, unlawful or if they're doing any kind of destruction to the actual unit, you can't just automatically say, okay, your lease is up, you have to move out. It automatically does a natural progression over to a month to month. And at that point, if you decide that you're going to move into it yourself, 60 days notice must be given to the tenant.
4: I already gave them notice that we are not continuing with the lease at the end of April. i already gave them that and i i send it to them as a registered letter
0: okay and And what was already done what was your reasoning that you gave them that they're they're going to have to move out are you going to re-rent this property
4: no i just said i want to end the lease
0: okay but i'm asking you a question are you do you want to re-rent this
4: i want to sell the apartment
0: okay so if you're doing it that way now keep in mind technically this tenant does not have to move out okay They can automatically roll over to a month to month. Okay, so that's one of the things. When you sell it, and if somebody moves it, wants to move into it, they can then be owner occupied. I would be very, I would tread very carefully. This has been a huge, huge hot topic. The landlord tenant board is being very aggressive uh, to landlords that are kicking people out without a viable reason.
4: The reason that I want is to sell the apartment. Fair enough. We so need, we need the money. Right. So, okay. So that that,
0: that that's a, that's a good reason. But here's the thing: don't put yourself in a precarious position that would make you exposed to if because if you decide to re-rent it, okay, or somebody turns around and buys it to rent it, they, they, you could be held liable on this one. So again, my advice at this is if they've agreed that they are going to move out because you're selling the property, you could tell them that you're selling the property. You could tell them the value that you're selling the property for, give them the right to buy it if they wish. If they do not, if they decide to move out because they're in agreement with you, okay. But if you try to force them out, you will end up in in, in the landlord tenant board. Chances are you could get a fine on this one. Okay, so Tammy, I hope, uh, I hope that answers some of your questions on that. For those of you out shopping, if you're uh, stuck in traffic, give me your questions, and we'll have a conversation when we come back after this. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. Uh, I'm going go to go uh, to the phones now. I'm going to go to Sam, uh, line one. And uh, Sam, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. So, Sam, you have a question regarding, uh, you, you disagree with the idea of the lease contracts with me. Yes, I do. Okay.
1: So, if a landlord has a clause in that lease agreement that that tenant is responsible for the rest of the term, doesn't matter when they move out. So, they should be responsible for the
0: rest of the term. I agree with you. See, here. here here's the difference, Sam. There, I agree 100% with the comment, but there's also the practicality of it and what's actually happening in the marketplace. And unfortunately, the LTB, the Landlord-Tenant Board, is not enforcing the one-year rule when you sign an agreement like that. The unfortunate thing is that, first and foremost, the LTB is not pro-landlord. The province is pro landlords keeping tenants in they don't want tenants to be you know pushed out so the first natural reaction is everybody goes to the landlord tenant board okay so if there's a ruling there and the judge says you know sorry you know what you can't hold the person in there they they have to give you a proper notice 60 days that's it you have to pay for the 60 days other than that they're going to let them get out under contractual law you can take these people to small claims court if you're going to have a lease When you have somebody move in and you said, you know, they come in and they damage your property, you need to quantify each article in the actual rental unit, meaning the bedroom carpet is worth this much, the paint job is worth this, the fridge is worth this. Have them initial the value of absolutely everything in the property. And put a note that they're in agreement that if they move out and they've caused any damage, they are financially responsible. You won't get a ruling from the LTB on this, but you will get a win in small claims court. So that would be my best advice. And by the way, Sam, thanks so much for your call. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Figured I'd better bring in one of the pros to talk about the financial part of the equation. And that's Mr. Greg Benell from BNN Bloomberg. And uh, Greg, welcome to the show.
6: Always a pleasure, Todd.
0: Thank you so much for uh, giving me some time on Saturday here and and having a chat. So um, it's kind of funny since you and I last spoke. It's probably been a few weeks, but uh, a little different feeling. We were talking about the Bank of Canada. It seemed like they they put their foot right to the floor. Said we're going to have increase after increase after increase. And it seems like some of the some of the underlying tone is changing.
6: Yeah, the last time we were speaking, uh, January seemed like a done deal that we would see the bank's rate go up, the floating rate loans would go up or the floating rate mortgages, brace for it. It's going to be, you know, right off the hopper in the new year. And, yeah, the Governor Pollard came out with that last rate decision, started sounding, as they say in the uh, central bank, speak very dovish. And now, basically, people have taken their bets off the table. Uh, People don't think they're stopping in terms of raising our cost of borrowing in 2019, but they think they're going to push it further further down the road into the spring. But then that just depends on the economic data. And I talked to some people. I mean, there's some people who have been bearish on this economy for a very long time. They actually think in 2019, the bank might get stuck in a situation where this is it. Maybe they have one or two more in them and they can't go any further. The bank would love to go further, maybe another 100 basis points or so or even more. But uh, a lot of people I'm talking to on Bay Street are thinking they they don't have that much left in them. But unfortunately, it's not for the reason we like. It's not that they want to give us uh, four Canadians and our homeowners a break on the cost of borrowing. It's the dreaded R word, right? The recession, and people are starting to beat the drum on that, too. Not overnight, not tomorrow, not in January, but they fear it's coming down the road 18, 24 months from now.
0: Yeah. You know, Greg, it's interesting because you and I actually, you know, when, when we had some of our conversations uh, regarding this topic, you know, it was listening to some of the, you know, economists out there, you know, one of the gentlemen, uh, Mr. Benjamin Tall, you know, he, as he said, he just, you know, couldn't, sometimes the market, you just can't understand the market as much as they try, you know, they've got all the facts, figures, everything else. They do their best to analyze it. But at this time, you know, he, he basically said, look, I, I, I can't even tell you at, at some point, because I don't know if, you know, the if the world economy changes, Changes the way it could and and is then perhaps you know we're not going to see the aggressiveness of the bank. Um, Greg, what do you think of the the whole Oshawa situation? You know, uh, in the news, of course. There's and 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 and. You know, I want to talk more about this because we've got a few realtors that are probably, I'm going to call it playing a little dirty pool. They're sitting there doing a little bit of fear mongering, saying, Hey, better get your house on the market because, you know, it's Uh market's going to go down. Where I look at Oshawa as a huge opportunity for buyers right now. I mean, the affordability, detached homes are $500,000, and, you know, you're buying a brand new. Brand new one-bedroom condo for 600 square feet in Toronto at that price, but the truth is, is that you know they're on. They've they've got the GO train. They've got lots of and, and lots of uh, infrastructure in place. I mean, Oshawa, I think is is a buy right now.
6: Yeah, that was the equation I was playing with in my head too when that news started breaking. Of course, the first thing we covered at B Bloomberg was the fact that you know GM's not going to put any new product in the Oshawa plant. Uh, past december 12 months from now what does that mean it's not great for the local economy but then you start thinking about what has the gta become i mean i don't live in the city of toronto either i work right downtown but i live in brampton that's about the same distance away from the core as oshawa is And you mentioned the go train and you start thinking about the dynamics <coughs> of that community there's no doubt that gm is important to that community and you know a couple thousand local jobs But the lion's share of the people in Oshawa, what are they doing? They're probably doing what I'm doing for the most part. They're getting on a go train. They're getting in a car. They're going down to Toronto to work. And uh, GM, for its part, if we take them at their word, uh, even this week, talking pretty actively about how do we get our workers who aren't going to be able to work at the GM facility, past this date, if we don't get some product in there, and they say they're not going to put any product in there, how do we get them other well-paying jobs in the areas? Yeah, so it's a it's a hard one to read, but it doesn't seem like a disaster scenario for the local real estate economy, just given the fact that anything that's within that periphery of Toronto has benefited just from the fact that Toronto just keeps growing and growing. Well, and, and one
0: of the other points is that GM is not the biggest employer by any stretch in Oshawa. I mean, you've got universities, colleges there. You've got uh, a fair bit of other manufacturing as well. You know, uh, some of the tech industries heading that way. I mean, there's a lot more employers than just GM. And I think, again, it's a little bit of that fear mongering that we see people throwing it out there that it's, you know, maybe, You know, I I would say cart before the horse for sure, as far as the market goes. Uh, Even even GM announced this past week that, you know, by analyzing their numbers, they're saying about half the people that are going to be let go are going to be getting full pension by the time they get let go. So, you know, they're getting their pensions topped up. So, I mean, if you're on a full pension, chances are, you know, you're not going to be selling your house because you're losing it. You know, you may decide to move, but ultimately in the end, I don't see the huge catastrophic impact into a marketplace like that.
6: It feels almost more psychological when you think historically, and if you grew up as I did in the Toronto area, what General Motors meant to Oshawa. But when you even take a look at how how it's been diminishing in the past decade, in the past 20 years, in terms of the tens of thousands of people that used to be employed by GM Oshawa, and how it's whittled down and whittled down and whittled down in the years, it's not to diminish the people who are in danger of losing their jobs, uh, but at the same time, yeah, that broader economic impact and what Austria has become in terms of an economy over the past 10, 20 years—it's definitely not GM-dependent the way it used to be.
0: Yeah, uh, another thing in the news, and and I- I'm laughing at this, of course, and, and I'm pretty sure you did when you saw this, is that uh, gee, Toronto is going to be coming up a little bit short of the land transfer <laughs> tax money, and despite the fact that everybody wanted to cool the real estate market, you know, you've got the province under Kathleen Wynne was just like hell bent on throwing water on it uh you had the federal government implementing you know the um stress test everybody saying listen we've got to control the real estate market did anybody ever get the calculator out and say yeah but what about all the land transfer tax money we're going to be without
6: that was the easy money too that's the real pain yeah, that's the is gravy you, eh? you were just putting your hand in the middle of those transactions as it went by and of course you know, if you live in the city of Toronto and you're trading property, you're getting double hit, right? You're getting yeah. hit by the Ontario levy and by the Toronto levy, and yeah, so it's definitely one of those things. I remember in the last, uh, I remember in the the past few Ontario budgets taking a look at it and seeing their projections, and they were realizing too, yeah, this isn't going to be the cash cow that it used to be as things slowed down. I think that's the that's the thing, right? When they're trying to engineer the 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 soft landing, you know, where does it hurt? Because there's always whenever you make a move, there's going to be some sort of Chain reaction that goes on, and somewhere down the line, someone's going to say, "Oh, all that easy money we are raking in from people trading homes—it's <laughs> not quite as easy as it used to be."
0: Yeah, and when you think about a hundred million dollars, I mean, you know, that's—you that, may have an eleven billion dollar budget, but still, a hundred million goes a long way. And the fact that this is just—and—and—and and, and I, I think where the biggest mistake was is that, of course, you know, they were generally coming in between eight hundred and nine hundred million dollars. Uh, was this nice little cash cow they had rolling in. But as everybody had said, look, you you, you shouldn't count on this because markets can change. And yet, they every year after year, it's like, oh, yeah, and we're going to have this much coming in. Um, you know, is that going to have much of an impact on services or, you know, some of the other areas in Toronto? I
6: mean, that becomes a tough thing, right? When you talk about a city and uh, it's a completely different uh, conversation i had with the mayor of markham this week on my show with the fact that they don't want marijuana uh retail in their in their city but i asked him i said well this is you don't have that many streams i mean you have property tax you have uh municipal property taxes you have corporate property taxes business and other than that you have to go begging to the province asking for cash or looking for a part of the federal gas tax over the years the arguments they make yeah, so it's definitely hard when you start getting that pinch like that okay where is the money going to come from now if it's not going to come from there and that's the easy math. But doesn't at the same time, it doesn't seem to be the easy math that a lot of governments are doing these days in terms of, okay, the revenues are shrinking. We want to be everything to everyone. We want to give them everything we promised. And in the end, you've got to make that hard choice. Even at the provincial level next year, I think that's going to be a big story, too. What do the provincial Tories have to not deliver on in terms of their promises if the revenues are down and the deficit is up?
0: Yeah. Well, listen, Greg. Always a great pleasure. Um, you know what? We'll uh, we'll definitely touch base in the new year, and uh, we'll uh, we'll you know see where we start off. Listen, Greg. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. All right, thanks, Dodd. Wow, folks. You know it's amazing how quick an hour goes by. I just wanted to kind of close out the show by thanking everybody that has made this uh, show such a success over the last. Uh, it's almost five years we've been doing this. Um, my producer, uh, Ian Grant, uh, Mike, uh, Matt. Uh, you know everybody that's contributed. Andre. You know there's so many uh, of the group here at News Talk 1010 have always had a little bit of a piece of the show, but they've made it simple for me to be able to come to you and explain investment, real estate, real estate in general, everything that's going on in the marketplace. And so it's been a real, it's been a real pleasure and a real privilege to be able to do this. And you know 2019, uh, we're looking at a real exciting year. There's lots. going going on the simple investor has more and more opportunities for people we're going to be doing more educational little seminars remember the first one of the year you want to make sure you sign up for that one get the year started off right in uh, 2019 and but most importantly I want to thank all of you for tuning into the show every single week you know it's been a real pr- privilege and we're going to continue on through 2019 and hopefully keep you up to date on what's going on in the real estate market I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.